Me, 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 me. <clears throat> All right, vocal warm-ups done. Welcome, Echo Church Online. Welcome. Discover a life-giving local church where you'll find community mm -hmm. and support you've been looking for. At Echo, we hope you'll find your place, uh, your people, and your purpose. Experience a experiencing a true sense of belonging while building friendships and finding support. We believe this is what we're all seeking and we cannot wait to share it with you. We would love for you to join us at, at Mayo High School on Sundays at 9, 15 mm -hmm. or at 10, 45. Mm -hmm. We're eager to meet you and extend a warm welcome to the Echo Church family. Yes. For those who wish to partner with us financially to impact Rochester locally and the world globally, you have two convenient giving options today. First, visit our website um, where you can set up automatic reoccurring donations. Allow us to plan a boldly and confidently mm -hmm. for the future. Mm -hmm. Second, you can easily send your contribution via Venmo to at We Are The Echo Church. And we appreciate your kind and thoughtful investments. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo Online, online Service. And does anybody want to hear a bad dad joke? Okay. Now, I did this last hour. A few people didn't get it. And most people didn't give me a courtesy laugh, which really hurt my feelings. So uh, courtesy laugh, laugh at least, okay? What's the leading cause of dry skin? Leading cause of dry skin? Towel. Took you a second. It took you a second. Took you a second. If, if you're struggling with it, uh, you can put that in G chat GPT. It'll give you the answer. It'll let you know the joke, okay? Oh, man. Uh, we are in the middle of a series uh, called Line by Line, and we have just been methodically going through the prayer that we pray at the end of every service. In fact, at this point, you know, about four, almost four and a half years in, Oh, man, we've prayed it a lot, and uh, I, I, it's, it's become extremely meaningful to me. And, and the one area I want to lean into today, or uh, with a one line or just a few words, is to follow, to follow. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow. Everybody say, to follow. I want to kind of just chew on that a little bit. I want to see how, uh, what that might mean uh, about who God is, but then also who God wants us to be. In fact, if you have your Bibles open up to Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, we're going to eventually get to that. Uh, but let me tell you this. It just a, a bit about a month ago, uh, maybe a little bit more, my wife and I went for a hike, okay? And a lot of times we'll walk around the neighborhood uh, but this time, man, we wanted to go on an adventure, you know, we wanted to trailblaze, you know, a, a fun little exciting hike, and, and so I took her to Game Haven, and I'm very familiar with Game Haven, and we're walking around, and I had in my mind the perfect hike, and I knew there were some changes that had happened uh, because of sale of land there, but I figured in my mind that regardless of, of what might come across our path, I could get us around the whole place. But we eventually came to a spot and I realized that that wasn't the case. Now, anybody married out there? It was one of those fork in the road moments. Christy wanted to turn back and go from whence we came. 
but I wanted to move forward. Come on, somebody. And I was like, no, we can do this. And, and, and honestly, like, we did turn around because she always wins. I mean, no. Um, we start turning around, but then I saw this little pathway potentially to step into a field with, I believe, a bunch of soybean. And I thought to myself, you know, I actually, I know the lay of the land here. I think we could walk on the edge of this field and get to the other side with, without, I mean, I guess trespassing on the one spot, but then choosing to trespass on another. So I don't you know, that's not the point. But anyway, <laughs> trying to lead my wife, okay, and begrudgingly she kind of went through this little mini field and then eventually uh, our little grassy area and got into the field and we start walking down the edges of the field. And uh, have you ever taken a walk with your spouse and you're leading and then they happen to be about 50 feet behind you? That's what was happening. And, uh, and, and, and the more she complained, the more I realized it wasn't necessarily her lack of trust in me. She was just really angry because she had a nice pair of shoes on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and, uh, and, and regardless, man, I kind of, you know, pushed the envelope a little bit, and we would eventually go through this, like, little valley and then get into uh, and get back on some of the trails that I'm familiar with. Uh, but that was one of those moments where, as I was trying to lead, there was a little bit of resistance when it came to following and that's kind of what I want to talk about today, so let's jump into the text. Uh, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, which I heard was, is, was absolutely brilliant, a brilliant man, brilliant man with a great name. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, said Jesus, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they... They dropped their nets and they followed him. Verse 21, it says, going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And then Jesus called out to them, and immediately they left their boats and their father and followed him. I'm not sure if you see what I see, but this is what I, what, what, I, what I observe out of that text. Jesus interrupted them in the midst of their work and their responsibility and their sense of identity with a compelling invitation that said, come and follow me. And here's the deal. Jesus wants to do the same with you. Do you all hear what I just said? Jesus wants to interrupt you in your current context. He wants to interrupt you in the midst of your work and your plan, your responsibility, the things that you feel like you need to hold on to dearly, and even for some of us, challenge our identity, just like he challenged these fishermen. That's what God does when he calls us to follow him. Now, for those that don't maybe completely understand the context in which Jesus was living, uh, commentators explain how if a rabbi were to ask you to follow, it was, the, it was like the equivalent of the modern-day GM of the Timberwolves coming to you, seeing something and saying, I believe you would help the team out. Would you come and join the team? 
there was such a low probability that that would happen to anybody in the room, right? So much so that like if someone, if they were to ask us, we would literally drop everything and just go forward. That was the equivalent of what these disciples experienced. Because you have to understand, in the Jewish, really, school context, they grew up learning their, the Torah, the Bible, the law, the prophets, and the teachings. And, and they began to memorize that, and some of them throughout time would have maybe lost the ability to continue because they weren't really quite catching it. They weren't at the top of their class. And so they would, they would have felt that tension, and for many, if not most of all young boys particularly, they would have had to go back to their father's work. And so what you see is Jesus walks onto the scene and he's like, hey, I'm gonna start my rabbi career. I'm going to find some of these disciples and these apprentices and they're gonna follow me. So when Jesus comes to James and John and Peter and Andrew, this is a big deal. It's a humongous deal. And so we should not be surprised that when Jesus asked them to drop everything, that they did. It's not that big of a surprise. Now, when I was doing some study on the book of Matthew, because we're doing quite a bit of deep diving into Matthew and Jesus' teaching and who he calls and, and how he tells us to follow, um, the Bible Project had an excellent video on YouTube explaining that book. And one of the lines that had just captured uh, my heart a little bit in my mind is this, is, is this what they said, one can only experience the power of Jesus's grace by following him and becoming his disciple. I read that to you because I want to let you know Jesus isn't sitting up at the edge of heaven wishing and hoping that a bunch of people believe in him. He is hoping and he's calling you not just to believe, but to take the step over the threshold and to start following him. Look at your neighbor and say, I choose to follow. Well, some of you are like, I don't know if I do. I don't know, I don't know if I do. With all that in mind, here's my, here's my big idea. If I can make this as simple as possible. To follow is to be faithful with the next step that Jesus has put in front of us. Simply put. Simply put, if, you, if, if, if you're not writing it down, take a photo of this, because I believe you need to understand that when we pray this prayer on a weekly basis, when we pray, we're in essence, I believe, adhering to this concept. The concept of following Jesus is to be faithful with the next step that Jesus has put in front of us. Now, interesting enough, as, as I wrote, was writing this message, I was kind of debating whether this should be an us or this should be a me. This should be a plural or a singular type of calling in this particular uh, day. I just felt compelled to keep us and, 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 and just this sense that what he's asking from you individually is that we are to do this faith together. That there is a power of community. There's a power of friendship. There is a power of this collective following of what Jesus is calling us to do. Now, everybody say, press pause. I need to talk to people who call Echo Church their home. Can I do that? So if you're a guest with us, I'm so glad you're here. This is a little family talk. 
got to have family talk. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, oh, no, Andy's got a family talk. <laughs> now, we, we have been a portable church for the better part of four years. Throughout that process, what you probably don't know is I have had, with a few helpers along the way, a number of conversations to, fr- to find a permanent home for Echo. Now, some of you are like, well, that's the first time I heard that. Well, I don't tell you, and I'll tell you why I don't tell you. Because there's been so many times, and the staff can kind of uh, uh, attest to this, and the board is this, is you get so far in a conversation, and then all of a sudden, it, it's like, well, if you're like me, just the other day, I was, I think I was, on, I was in California, and I'm walking down the street, and a bird pooped on my shoulder. You know, like, that's kind of what happened to a lot of those deals. <laughs> you're like, oh, crap. Shoot, man. <laughs> Kaya, come here. No, but I don't tell about those scenarios to you guys because it honestly takes an emotional toil and, uh, and it's just not fair to the general listener. But, but, but I have to tell you something. Uh, about a month ago, I fell into a conversation with a business owner, a uh, commercial building uh, owner, and uh, we have just kept talking really, I believe, led by the Spirit, honestly, like, like happened to have a conversation with this gentleman, and we keep talking, and we're, we're, we're honestly probably on the verge of, of landing a permanent home. Come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you respond that excitingly, you know, you're here, you're just prepared to, to, to have equal excitement in what I'm going to ask you next. <laughs> We always love the idea, right? Love the idea. Um, now, it, it, it's not done. It's not over, but conversations have continued to move forward. Now, some of you are like, tell us where. I can't. That's just the nature of commercial uh, deals, okay? It's just, I can't. It's complicated. Just can't do it, okay? But when I can, I will. But let me tell you a story. When Christy and I started feeling, well, I honestly was convinced by the Holy Spirit and God that we were called to plant a church. And when we, ter- we determined that it was gonna, the door was gonna open to plant the church in Rochester, um, it was one of those moments where I looked in the mirror uh, and I was like, what am I doing? And then there was multiple conversations with Christy and, and the family, and just understanding that like the decision that we were making was kind of a sink or swim type of decision. And if you ever made those in your life, like, like, like there is a surmountable amount of pressure that is just rested upon you as the leader of your home, okay? Like I knew the worst thing that could happen is that we'd fail, right? But I also knew that like, like maybe my financial future was gonna crumble and maybe I'd screw up my kids, right? Maybe I'd regret what was happening, maybe my 401k would just be, uh, you know, demolished, and, and, and maybe I wouldn't have a home to live in anymore, and I couldn't feed my kids. That was, that was a legitimate thing for me to think about as step, when I was stepping out, while we were stepping out in faith. But how many are glad that we did it? You know what I'm saying? And I could only do that because so many people came alongside of us to help us through that process. And with this potential opportunity for a building, you know what the Lord told me? Andy, this time you don't need to do it alone. 
Andy, this is the time that you don't need to feel that pressure alone, that Echo Church at large gets to feel all that anxiety and pressure together. Come on, somebody. So here's my ask. And I really mean that. I mean, like, that's a significant thing that the Lord has been speaking to me about. Because if it was me, I gotta be honest, I probably won't make, I wouldn't make that decision. But if it is us, I'll step out in faith again. If it's us, taking that next step that God is making available to us, then guess what? Let's do it. And so this is my ask, okay? Some of you are like, well, how can this, how, what can I do? Well, this is why this is an internal home conversation. I need you to pray, and I need and a team, person that's well uh, invested into your career, uh, you know, single mom, grandpa, grandma, whomever is in the room, I needed to ask God and say, what can I do to help with this financially? It's just gonna take, like we're prepared to make the move, but I'm telling you what, like the Lord, it requires faith, trust me, a lot of faith. And what, I, what I'm hoping is this, is at this very moment, this is one of those times where Echo Church every single one of us individually say, you know what, I can do something and I'm gonna do it one or two ways. Number one, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask God that he shares a number with me that I myself may step out in faith to experience his goodness. Or if the Lord doesn't speak to you that way, then all I ask is that you just use reason. You look at your budget, you look at how you spend your money, you would maybe say, God, you know, if I, if I were gonna like shape my priorities, what would it look like and how much could I give to this project? And, uh, and, and if we do that, I'm just telling you, this isn't just announcement, this is a future reality of Echo Church. Which again, I, I love you, I, I love Portable Church, I really do, but yet I hate it. <laughs> because I want a space, not because just most churches have spaces, I want a space where Jesus is lifted high, that our teens have a solidified space that they could truly fit in and not just be crammed, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just like, like an atmosphere that welcomes more people and more teens to come to Jesus and to follow him, like this residual effect. I, I, I believe that God is creating a moment for us, and even though it's at the very infantile stage, that God is asking us to follow in faith. I'm just kind of wondering... Are you willing to go there? That was your opportunity to respond the way that you did the first time. <laughs> uh, let's expand to this following. What does this mean to us uh, collectively, but yet to me individually? I, I believe there's an art of, of following, and I think if we lean into uh, a little bit about how Peter and James and John and Andrew uh, how they kind of lived their life with Jesus for three and a half years, I believe that we can go ahead and have some things to hold on to today. And, and this is how I'd say it, follow first, grasp second. Some of you are like, what do you mean by grasp? Peter had no idea what he was signing up for. He had no idea. Nada. He was oblivious. Honestly, it was pretty dense. 
So I, I feel like he, he was like, I love the idea of, of, of becoming an apprentice, a, a disciple of the rabbi, but he had no idea what God was going to call him to do, nor did he completely understand who was calling him to do it. And that's the same thing with us. It's, a, it's called a progressive faith, a, a progressive understanding that we will grow as we continue to follow Jesus, but we choose to follow first and grasp second. The second thing is this, is follow first, grow third. Okay, I know that was confusing. Follow first, grow third. So what we do, follow first, grasp second, and we grow third, okay? His understanding began to grow. He began to grasp who Jesus was when he saw all these uh, amazing miracles. And then what did what would the opportunity of community and following Jesus do for Peter? It grew him. Peter is the perfect example, man. He, he talked too quickly, he talked too loudly, and he said some really stupid things. He grew, he learned from his mistakes, and the same thing can happen to you if you continue to follow God. So we follow first, we grasp second, we, we grow third, and then we go forth. You need to see this beyond just a play in the word, this is a concept that is a kingdom concept that Jesus calls his disciples that they would follow, that they would understand, that they would grow, not to stay where they're at, but to go forth and to change the world around them. And God wants to do the same thing with you. Jesus loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you where you are at. Which presents this question to me, who can follow? Everybody look at your neighbor and say, who can follow? Who can follow? Okay, I, I got a list of people who, who, who can follow because Jesus interacted with these people and, and actually I would encourage you to take a photo of this and, and in the next week or so, go ahead and read through Matthew chapter 8 and 9 and read how Jesus interacts with all these amazing individuals. Uh, but let me just pause there a little bit on a leper, okay? A leopard is a sick individual living on the peripheral of society and there were certain laws and there were certain requirements for those people that would have a skin disease and how they would act in, interact spiritually but then also culturally and Jesus happens to heal. Okay, which isn't a happen. He purposely heals the leper. And after the leper is healed, this is what Jesus says. He says, go show yourself to the priest. Now, now some of you are like, what's the big deal about that? The big deal is this. Jesus, in essence, leaned back into the Levitical law and he said, go live it. Go live it. Go live it. <laughs> Someone's trying to take notes up here. He said, go live it. There's another scripture that talks about Jesus came, he's teaching his disciples, he said, I didn't come here to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. See, too often, when we think about following Jesus, where we, we in essence love the idea of just following the comfort and, and the only the ideas that we love about Jesus is love, is grace, is mercy. But so often Jesus is going to call us onto a field and our shoes we're wearing may not exactly match where we're going. Right. 
See, I believe Jesus is calling us to lay down our preference and step up and to lead into God's word as our ultimate guide in following him. Now, some of you are like, well, what about the word of God? Like, where, it's such a big book. Anybody agree with this? It's a huge book, huge book. It's hard to know where to start, where to go. Well, I came up with a simple list of what we need to do today to follow God. It's all way. What's kind of cool, if you rewind a little bit, and I'm kind of, like, seriously take a photo of this one. Uh, Matthew 5 through 7 is, is known uh, for one of Jesus' repetitive teachings. So he would have gone town to town speaking and preaching this, so his disciples would have literally gotten sick of it. But they also would have lived it, if you know what I'm saying. And, and so here's the deal. Like some, I, I kind of, like, I'm a little coy here. Like, I was a little, a little sarcastic about this. But literally, if we're going to start somewhere, this is where we could start. And yes, this is overwhelming. But you know what? It's not overwhelming when you understand, understand this one concept, that following Jesus is a lifelong journey. Someone say amen out there. It's a lifelong journey, and guess what? In this humongous list of what God's calling us to do, the Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us navigate forward. Navigate forward. So if you're going to start somewhere, potentially start here. And oh, by the way, invite someone to go along with you. Discuss with someone some of the things that God is calling you to do. Now, now let me just do a little warning here, because when there's a big list of things to do, right, or to be, a lot of us can get stuck on this idea that you've got to earn it. No, this is a response to Jesus asking you to follow him. You've been saved. If you've asked for forgiveness, you are forgiven. You're forgiven, Okay. God is going to give you his mercy and his grace and his peace, and you don't have to earn any of that. But in reaction or in response, this is what our natural next steps are, to do, to live what God and what Jesus has preached. Now, let's just go back to this. Who can follow Jesus? We started with the leopard. But if we, if we go ahead and just methodically kind of go through who he interacted with in this uh, short few chapters, we find that there's a Roman officer servant, uh, I'm sorry, a Roman officer and his servant is sick and is on his deathbed. And, 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 and again, I don't have time to really delve into this story in completion, but what I see with the Roman officer is this, is this was a story that clearly defined that the person that was trying to follow Jesus understood Jesus' authority. And if you follow Jesus long enough, you begin to understand his authority and how it should take place in your life and how you should apply it. Uh, one of my favorite stories is this, is Jesus, I believe he's hungry. He wants to go hang out. He kind of wants to, uh, you know, kick back. And he ends up going to, I believe, what is it, Peter's, uh, Peter's mom's house. But when he gets there, his mom's sick. And I mean, how cool is this? Jesus is like, well, I can fix that. So he, he goes and lays hands on Peter's mom, and then all of a sudden she's healed. And what we read next is this. Is it says she got up and she began to serve him. This is my point when it comes to following God is this. 
be faithful in the role that God has given you. If you want to understand how, what it means to following Jesus, understand the role that God has given you and be faithful within that. How about this, the Torah teacher? There's a story about the Torah teacher and he's asking all these questions and he's like, God, can I follow? And Jesus said, yeah, come follow me. But then the Torah teacher was like, ah, I, have some, I have some other things to do. And, 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 and I believe out of that story, what we could learn and what it means to follow Jesus is that we should follow Jesus today and not wait for tomorrow. You guys enjoying this? How about, how about this? Disciples followed Jesus. Man, I, I love this one. Je- he sends Jesus, or they, they go across the lake and the winds and the waves and they think they're going to die. You know, and they're calling out to God and saying, like, oh, Jesus, you know, wake up, wake up, wake up, save us. And Jesus gets up, and, and he stops the winds and the waves. And then all of a sudden, uh, the disciples are like, <gasps> They couldn't grasp who Jesus was. If you follow Jesus long enough, guess what happens? You begin to understand who Jesus is. How about the demonized men? There's a couple different references. If you read the Matthew reference, there's a, there's a better reference to the Mark 5 reference, but Jesus miraculously heals, sets him free, and he, the, the man who is now free, his immediate reaction is, God, Jesus, let me follow you. You know what's unique in this circumstance? Jesus said, no, 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 no. You can't come with me now, but what I want you to do is I want you to go home and to tell everybody about what I've done. If you're following Jesus, go follow him first in your home. That's the best place to start. How about the paralyzed man? And they, <laughs> he said, courage man, your sins are forget, forgiven. Get up, pick up your mattress and go home. Again, double downing on this con- concept of if faith starts anywhere, it starts in the home. But the one thing that we can see theologically speaking here is you don't need to be forgiven and then all of a sudden healed. No, God will do his work and he will forgive you along the process that God is going to continue to do the work within you. How about the tax collector named Levi? Man, he was a traitor in that society, but the effect of following for Levi was this, his reputation, responsibility, and reason, that in a moment of following Jesus, leaving everything behind, his reputation had an opportunity to have a fresh start. He had a new responsibility, and guess what? God gave him a new purpose and a new reason to live. That is the power of following Jesus. How about number nine here? The official's daughter who is found dead. It was interesting as this official legitimately interrupted Jesus and his teachings and what you see in his following of Jesus and getting his attention. He was full of audacity. And that's the same way that God wants us to navigate our following with an audacious, faith-filled following at the center of our being. How about the woman with blood, blood disorder? Man, this, this, this one I, I really love. You can see within this story there's a commitment and there's a contempt against the culture expectation of her. She pushed past the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus, which would have been absolutely a cultural 
like, no, no, don't do it. But against that, she pushed and she touched Jesus and she followed him and God healed her. How about the two blind men on the edge of the road? They start screaming, screaming, you know, like, like son, of, son of God, have, have mercy on, on us. And what we see here in the following, there is a desperation, but then yet there was a verbal declaration. If you're going to follow Jesus, it will require you to raise your voice and to proclaim who God is in your life, not just internally, but also verbally. And then lastly, number 12, the mute man brought to Jesus. The man was brought to Jesus. In essence, was brought to Jesus because someone brought him to Jesus. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount is nine, chapter 9, verse 37, Jesus says, the harvest is plenty but the workers are few. Follow first, grasp second, grow third, and go forth. God did not call you to follow him just for yourself. There's a world dying and going to hell and living in a current state of hell that needs to see faithful followers of Jesus that will be willing to go forth beyond their comfort, beyond people's opinions, beyond their own reputation, and lay down their faith life and say, on behalf of Jesus, I want to invite you to a relationship that could change everything. This is what it means to follow Jesus. And I just sense in this room today is... I, jokingly brought up the story of Christy and I going on a hike and walking through some fields and her wearing her nice shoes. I legitimately think, metaphorically speaking, there are some individuals that came into this church today and the way of following that you think Jesus is going to lead you is on asphalt and concrete, but today he wants to help traverse and bring you onto mountaintops and valley lows. And I'm telling you, the only way you keep following him is by allowing him to change what you're wearing and to put the gospel, the good news of the gospel under your shoes that no matter where you go and no matter where he leads you, he will be with you. And so today Jesus... Here we are. And God, I just sense that you're, you're trying to rearrange some of our thoughts, God, that, that even in this moment, you're literally untying our faith shoes and, 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 and you're putting them aside and you're beginning to put a, a shoe of understanding that you help us grasp the idea of who you are, God, that, that you, you're calling us to grow in the, in the valley low, in the mountaintop experiences and when we feel lost or when we feel close to you, but God, that you are calling us to follow you today for sole purpose not to stay where we're at but to go forth with the authority that you give us with the power that you entrust us with and the declaration that we, we declare you that we proclaim that Jesus you are our king and we choose to follow you anywhere
If you agree with that, would you shout amen? amen? Every week we pray a prayer. What a great reminder that we choose to follow. We choose to follow anyway, and we choose to follow anywhere. I want to invite someone that may walked in this room, you feel far from God. We believe this is a really great opportunity to say, God, you know what, I, <laughs> I don't have life figured out, but I'm going to trust that you do. And today starts a new journey. It starts a new chapter. So Echo Church, can we pray with someone that might pray this for the very first time as we recommit our lives to Jesus? Let us pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen.